0: What's up everybody? I'm Ken Crump. This is Positronic Drive TV. Today we're going to be talking about the failed reign of the Antichrist. And we're also going to be talking about the false prophet and a number of other issues that happened during this time. The Antichrist has many different names. In 2 Thessalonians 2.3, he's known as the man of lawlessness and son of destruction, the wicked one. He's also called Gog from the land of Magog, the little horn who blasphemes. The king of fierce countenance, the prince that shall come, the one who desolates, the king of the north, the extremely powerful and ungodly king, the king of Babylon, the Assyrian, the abomination of desolation, the rider on the white horse, and the first beast. What do we know about the Antichrist? Well, Revelation 13.1 says that he's controlled by the dragon or Satan. We also know that he works with the false prophet. The false prophet is a religious leader, whereas the Antichrist would seem to be a political leader. We know he'll lead a confederation of ten nations. Revelations 13.1 says, Then I stood on the sands of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. On his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. First thing we need to take note of is that he was rising up out of the sea. This is thought to mean that he rises out of the sea of the masses of people, in other words, someone previously unknown. It also says there are ten horns with ten crowns. This would seem to be ten individual nations or horns with ten individual leaders or crowns. Seven heads, probably seven geopolitical alliances within the ten horns. And blasphemous name means opposed to God, Christians, Jews, possibly even Muslims. Revelation 13:2 says, "And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth like a lion's mouth, and to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority." There's a couple different ways you can look at this. One is that this represents the four great world empires of history. Number 1 was like a leopard, which would be Alexander and the Greeks. Number 2 feet were like a bear's, that would be the Medo-Persian Empire. A lion's mouth would be the Babylonian Empire and dragon gave his power. That would be the Roman Empire and the revived Empire of the Beast. The alternative view is that the leopard represents speed, the bear crushing power, the lion ferocity, and the dragon represents the power of Satan. Revelation 13, 3 and 4 says, One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? So first of all, it would appear that the beast, or the Antichrist, seemed to die at least, uh, because it says he seemed to have a fatal wound, and people probably thought he was dead, and and that myth became truth, because only God can raise the dead. So perception is reality when it comes to propaganda, and they probably use that to perpetuate the myth of the power and the strength of the Antichrist. Um, number three, the beast is already powerful, but now he can't be killed. He reinforces the legend of the beast as an indestructible, godlike man, or the world's new savior. Then Revelation 13:5 through 10 says he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme His name, His tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints so what's it saying here in this portion of scripture it would seem that the antichrist has sensed the power to rule as world dictator for the second of three and a half years second that he's opposed to god and his people both on earth and in heaven third that he makes war with the saints and overcomes them who are the saints are they the jewish people that are left are there christians are there non-jewish christians left are though are these those who are loyal to jesus after the rapture and is martyrdom the only way to be saved? These are important questions. And we don't have a real definitive answer here as far as who the saints were, but we know it's God's people of some of some kind. Number four, he has absolute global power and all people worship him. And five, the fate of the believer in these days is the same as Jesus, death. There will be no question as to the fate of the saints. So in other words, the Antichrist has complete an absolute control at this time. If you are any type of believer, however that works out, however that plays out, whether Jew or Gentile, if you've accepted Christ and you follow Jesus, you are, you are in danger during this time because there is no one to help you here. And uh, when we went over the uh, portion of Scripture about the rapture, that's one of the reasons why it's very unlikely that believers before the Antichrist kingdom power, um, people that were believers would be here. It's, it's highly unlikely um, that we would be here at that time now let's look at the false prophet revelations 13:11 through 18 says then i saw another beast coming out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause many as who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And again, that's Revelation 13:11 through 18. So he has two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon, possibly religious power rather than governmental authority. But he he speaks like a lamb like Jesus, but he speaks demonic heresy. Uh, number two, he works in hand in hand with the with the Antichrist. Number three, he performs great signs and miracles, even makes fire fall from the sky. In Job 116, when the devil was tempting Job, there's one scene where he causes fire to come down from heaven. So it looks like so in that particular instance in Job, it made it look like God was punishing Job, when the reality was it was the devil doing these things the whole time. Uh, 2 Thess- Thessalonians 2.9 says, The coming of the lost one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. So I think there's an indication here that many of these signs, miracles, wonders are counterfeit miracles. And especially today, with the technology we have today, and be a lot easier to, to pull something like this off. And we don't know how much further into the future this will be, but I think it would be pretty easy to fool people um, you just using technology alone without any supernatural, um, supernatural power or anything like that. Um, number four, he creates an image of the beast and causes it to come alive. We're not really sure what that means. Number five, he, he makes everyone take the mark of the beast. No one can work or possess or spend money without the mark. And number six, the number of the beast is the number of man, 666. Seven means perfection in the Bible. Um, God created the heavens and the earth in seven days. It was perfect. Um, And that's God's number. 666 is just short of seven. Uh, It demonstrates that man is not God. you know. But that's the number of the beast. The beast is less than God. Hitler used the Star of David to mark and persecute the Jews. In this case, 666 will be on the followers of the Antichrist. If you don't have the mark you'll probably be persecuted just like Hitler persecuted the Jews. Next, let's look at Gog and Magog. Many scholars believe Gog and Magog to be the collective armies of the Antichrist that invade Israel during the second three and a half year period. Let's look at Ezekiel 38, 1 through 6. It says this, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God. Behold, I am against you, O God, prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and I will bring you out, and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords, Persia, Cush, Put, are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his, and all his hordes, Vetogarma from the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes many peoples are with you that's ezekiel 38:16. so here we see him talking about a gog and a magog um, and then ezekiel 38 7 through 9 says be ready and keep ready you and all your hosts that are assembled about you and be guard for them for after many days you will be mustered in the latter years you will go against the land that is restored from war the land whose people were gathered from many peoples whose mountains of israel upon the mountains of Israel, which had been continual waste. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely, all of them. You will advance, coming on like a storm. You will be like a cloud, covering the land, you and all your hordes, and the many peoples with you. So who does the Bible say that Gog and Magog are? If you look directly north, it it talks about someone coming from the north. If you look directly north of Israel today, you will find Turkey and that's where Gog, Magog, uh, Gomer, Meshach, Togarma, Tubal, all those lands, that's where they were. They were, were in what is modern-day Turkey. Also, almost due north, if you go further north, Moscow abides due north. Now, it's the western portion of Russia, but Russia and Turkey today uh, have a, uh, an alliance to some, to some extent, um, but now you see them working with Russia, you see them... Uh, There seems to be an alliance there between uh, Russia, Turkey, Iran, and other countries. And these are the countries that are named uh, about invading Israel. And that's what Gog and Magog are. Gog and Magog are considered to be the armies uh, of Satan and uh, the Antichrist. And they are the ones that invade, um, invade Israel. So Israel will be invaded by a confederation of nations led by the Antichrist. And they will invade and subdue Israel during that second three-and-a-half-year period. Uh, now let's talk about Mystery Babylon. Revelation 17 and 18. Uh, it talks about Mystery Babylon, the great, the, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. That's found in Revelation 17, 5. Uh, J. Wolverd In every prophecy, the Bible says the great prostitute described in these verses is a portrayal of apostate Christendom. Now, there's a number of different um, theories as to what exactly Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, is. Um, His view, and and I tend to agree with this, Mystery Babylon is probably the religion of the world, the world itself. Uh, A religion without Jesus, a righteousness, pictured as an unfaithful adulteress, selling herself to the powers that be. It also says she rides upon the beast with the seven heads and ten horns, so is a part of the antichrist power structure. Now, some people say um, that uh, that mystery Babylon is a literal city, um, a literal place. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, and there, here's another scripture that talks about this, and this is something else that's that's relevant here. Revelation 17, 9, and 10 says, This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is. The other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. So some have claimed that the seven hills here refers to the Catholic Church because Rome is surrounded by seven hills. Uh, and, and if you look up Antichrist on Google, you will find pretty much every political leader that's ever existed, even the ones that exist today, um, across the board. Doesn't matter what the party is or what the movement is, everybody's the Antichrist at some point. Um, there, there are people that have said many times the Pope is the Antichrist, uh, but the textual interpretation here would seem to indicate the seven hills were seven kings and their authority. Um, you know, people, and that's one of the problems with prophecy. People tend to bring their own preconceptions into it instead of being objective um you know back in the 70s and 80s a lot of the prophecy talk uh, had to do with the soviet union being the uh, the antichrist you know the kingdom of the antichrist and all that and so union doesn't even exist anymore you still have russia and there's still some some implications there but uh and then later after 9-11 you have a lot of people saying it's Islam. Islam is the, the kingdom of the Antichrist and, and Islam are the ones that are going to attack. And, and, you know, again, that's because of a lot of anti-Islamic and anti-Arab sentiment uh, after after that happened. Um, doesn't mean there's not some some influence there or something relevant, because obviously if you're going to have countries attack Israel, there's a lot of Muslim countries um, that still have a have a problem with Israel and would like to drive them into the sea as they say so but we've got to be careful and and this is just what we just the example we just use is, is anti-catholic uh, rhetoric that we have within Protestant evangelicalism and um, again I'm not Catholic it's not my thing there's a number of issues I have there but I don't think uh, we need to take, um, we need to assume that uh, the Pope is going to be the false prophet because that's what everybody says. And actually, recently, even one of Pope Francis's bishops, I believe he was a bishop in Poland, said that he was the Antichrist, which you know, obviously didn't go over too well. Uh, I don't know if he's still in power. He may have been removed or moved to something else. I don't know. But um, you know, we, we tend to bring stuff in, and that's not, that's not really good. So next, let's look at Daniel's statue. That's found in Daniel chapter 2. There's a vision of a statue given to Daniel. Uh, the head was made of gold, uh, the, the middle portion, the torso, was made of silver, the waist was made of bronze, the legs were made of iron, the feet were made of iron and clay. Uh, these all represent, I think it's pretty well established, these represent kingdoms, the gold representing the Babylonian Empire, the silver representing the Medo-Persian Empire, the bronze representing the Greek Empire, the iron rep- representing the Roman Empire, and the iron and clay. Representing the end times and all of these are are powers, geopolitical powers that ruled over over the Jews, over Israel at these given times. So the one of iron clay, that's in the end times. Um, In Revelation 11, it talks about two witnesses. Um, Revelation 11, 3-6 says, I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. They have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire." So who are the two witnesses? Um, there's a lot, number of different theories. The Bible doesn't specifically say who they are. Um, Elijah specifically mentioned as coming before the day of the Lord. Malachi 4 and 5 through 6. Um, it's also said that you know that was that was the prophet John who came before Jesus, but it also could be a, a a a dual fulfillment. Could be also John he came in the spirit of Elijah, and you may actually literally have Elijah come as one of the two witnesses. Uh, second, it's Moses and Elijah. On the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus in Matthew 17, we find Moses and Elijah there, so some people think maybe it was them. Uh, Enoch and Elijah, who were the two men who were raptured and never experienced death, that's found in Hebrews 9.27 and Malachi 4 and 5 through 6. Uh, Or it could be two future saints who will be given the same spirit and power of the prophets that already exist. We don't really know. If the Bible wanted us to know, it would tell us. Um... So they prophesied the entire second three and a half years of the Antichrist reign. Their superpowers are that fire comes from their mouth for self-defense. They can stop rain, turn water to blood, create plagues, and have the ability to rise from the dead. At one point they are killed and remain dead in the street for three and a half days. Then they rise again. They witness the triumphant return of Christ. Uh, Also, the Bible talks about 144,000 in Revelation 7 and 4 through 8. It says, Then I heard a number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And then it goes and names each of the tribes. And it says, From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. On and on. And it names all 12 of the tribes of Israel. These are the Jews chosen by God who have rejected the mark of the beast and accept Jesus as their Savior. In Revelation 14:1 1-5, it says this, Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters, and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as firstfruits to God in the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. So again, they appear at the end. Alongside Jesus, um, so next episode we're going to talk about the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls. We're going to look at the different signs and what could they could possibly resent, represent, rather, and the day of the Lord in the future. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you learned something from it. Thanks for listening. Positronic Drive TV podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, and Overcast. If you like our podcast, please subscribe to your preferred program. It'd also be awesome if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also donate through Anchor and help us spread the message of God's love. Hope this has been a blessing to you. God bless you.